squad leader said Darzaran Bay would be my last mission. Easy in, easy out. And afterwards, my Iron Bear class mech would be all mine. Routine gig, he said. Routine gig, my ass. It was a death trap. We never stood a chance. of my squad was wiped out. But Iron Bear kept me alive. Now he's all I've got. We look out for each other. His equipment comes in handy, even off the battlefield. Parts aren't cheap, but I keep them tuned and ready to fight. Not having a squad, it takes some getting used to. At least Iron Bear's sentry mode lets me catch up on sleep. Might be 15 tons of walking titanium, but Iron Bear, he's my best friend. And when your BFF's a BFG, you don't need anyone else watching your back. <laughs> Hello and welcome to I Log the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is. Marissa Linty. Hi, nice to meet you. And, you know, for those that don't know, you do a lot of anime dubbing, voice direction. Mm -hmm. You're mm -hmm. probably one of the most recognizable names in the Texas area when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> oh, that's high praise. <laughs> no, I mean I, I looked at your credits, I looked at your IMDB and it's nothing to, you know. It's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. Well, thanks for having me on. No, I mean it's 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 a, it's crazy because like you know usually you know when I look at someone's IMDb page it's only just like a couple credits but yours just keeps going and going and going and I'm like damn she's <laughs> she's done a lot in the past couple of years. Yeah, well I've been at this for about six years now. Yeah. And, you know, anime and Borderlands 3. I mean, I think most people will probably know you from Borderlands yes. 3, but... Borderlands 3 is the big one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the, the quote-unquote known-for thing shows up. It's like, <laughs> known-for. <laughs> There's the one. That's the one that people know. I mean, it's it's very cool, um, you know, kind of uh, stepping into this AAA video game space where previously it was, you know, a certain niche of people watch dubbed anime. Um, and they are great. They're some of the most supportive fans I've ever had. But it it, it was uh, just cool to see the door kind of open, as it were. And, you know, a whole bunch of new people sort of came flooding in and started interacting with the people I was already quite used to. Um, it was just cool to see. 
Because I keep forgetting, like, most of that, most of the Borderlands games, like, have, like, a use the Texas-based people to do the voices. I think it's only, it's the only, mm-hmm. it's the only AAA game I can think of that uses the the Texas, you know, the Funimation crew, because most of them are in Funimation, yeah. so, <laughs> you know, so, there you go. Yeah, because Gearbox is, is here in Texas, so, you know, obviously it's easier, <laughs> But it, yeah, it is cool to to get to see a game where um, so much of you know the Texas crew, as it were, gets to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it's a you know, and it's a AAA game. It's not a game that's already established. You know, it's not a anime game. It's not one of those. Right, it's, right. It's not, it's not Dragon Ball Z, is what I'm saying. It's, it's not... its own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how did that come about? Like, how did you get involved in Borderlands? Um, I mean, the simplest way a voice actor can get involved in anything, I auditioned for it. Um, there is a local studio that runs all of Gearbox's auditions, and um, I have submitted through them for various things. Um, they sent me the audition. I tried out. Um, I got told that I had booked Moe's, and it, it was you know several months later that I went in and started recording. Um, so one of the most straightforward... <laughs> audition processes of my life uh which is nice it is nice when you get to just try out for things and then and then go do them um and it just so happened that joel mcdonald who uh was a director at funimation for a long time when i was new uh was one of the first directors to use me on anime also was directing borderlands 3 so he knew me and uh we got to have a lot of fun with that yeah well it's you know it helps to yeah, I mean, that also helps, like, to, to, to have the people, you know, to have the person voice directing you be someone you already know instead of just, okay, I gotta, right, right. I gotta impress, you know, I gotta come in and impress someone I don't know. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, you know, that, that took off and, you know, that's probably, I mean, yeah, because that's probably, like, the most, uh, Probably the, like, the most popular ongoing game uh, go, uh, right now because there's not a lot <laughs> due to the current situation <laughs> that we're all yes, in. Yes, uh, there is not a lot of new stuff coming out. Um, thankfully, Borderlands had like a like a year long roadmap um, of new DLCs and stuff that I was able to record for. So I've been kind of living with this character for the past year, um, which has been really great because the Borderlands community. Um, it's just a really fun one to interact with. Uh, whenever I've been Twitch streaming, they're all very friendly and they kind of welcomes me in. So the past year has been great. And it's and it's a main character. It's not you know it's a playable character. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and does that feel weird? Like you know, booting up the game up and then picking yourself and you're like, oh boy. <laughs> it felt a lot weirder at the beginning. Uh, you know when I first started. Um, streaming the game and I could select myself and hear myself, you know, running and jumping and breathing. I was like, this is weird. This is weird. But now that I've been playing it for about a year, uh, I think I'm finally used to it. Used to all the, all just listening to yourself and going, oh, they use that take. Okay. Cool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's the take you went for. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, there's none of that on Borderlands just because, um, we do one take at a time, so I always know which one they're going to take. It's 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 the last one, the last one we do. Well, it's the last one. It's not the one in the middle because usually it's you know the one in the middle for most most cases. But yeah, 
you know, <laughs> that final. Take. I mean, if we were doing like, you know, if we were doing like three takes and then they pick one, it could be any of them. But because we just do one at a time until they get the one that they want, it's pretty much always going to be the last take. Uh, so there's no surprises. Right. And I think that has helped me get used to, uh, you know, hearing myself is that I, I pretty much expect how I read any given line. No, and and also let's not forget the you know the over the top death sounds that the Borderlands franchise is known for, <laughs> like because that's that's the thing I noticed like back when playing like Borderlands one and two is like whenever your character dies it's like horrific <laughs> like they laid out laid out like a really horrific yelling sound and I'm like dude you just got shot for. You know, you just got shot. It's not that, you know, you, you don't make that sound. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's 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 video game for you. That's like video game logic, right? Where, you know, something mundane becomes this insane thing and, and it's just, okay. <laughs> it, <laughs> I mean, after a while it kind of get got grading. You know, at first it was kind of grading because, you know, we kept dying a lot. I remember we did like a play through the play through the first game and we kept dying a lot and just hearing the, the same dying sounds over and over again and i'm like <laughs> you know it would have been nice if they used like a, another take or so because this is getting really repetitive i don't think the characters in three really make a noise when they die um they just kind of keel over um and i think it is in sort of the effort of making sure that it's not grating on the players because i remember when we were recording um like Okay, we're going to do 30 seconds of being on fire. Um, my first thought was like, okay, you know, I really got to be screaming. My, you know, my skin is melting off. And they were like, no, um, tone it down about halfway. Um, because even though you're on fire, if the if the player has to listen to you screaming bloody murder, they're going to get really annoyed. <laughs> so... Uh, you can, I'm still yelling, but it's, it's not quite the intensity that, you know, you might jump to if you're like, I am literally on fire right now. Um, just sort of in the realm of, of repairing that sort of sensation of, oh my God, they're screaming again. Um, same with all of the other like damage noises. They were like, okay, whatever your instinct is for like getting hit with a rocket, turn it down about 50%. Um, because you're going to be right in the player's ear, whereas the the enemies are screaming bloody murder because they're they can be far away, um, and you have to be able to hear them. But the player character's voice is always going to be right up in your ear, so they're slightly less intense, which was nice for me because it meant I didn't have to scream and yell. Yeah, because that was that was a problem I think I had with like the first Borderlands. Like if you know if you're if you're planning on doing that a playthrough of that game. You know, get ready to hear like a lot of death <laughs> sounds, and it gets grating, and it's like. Oh. And I am. I I want to. I want to play the first two on on my Twitch stream at some point. But there has been such a steady feed of content for three that by the time I catch up, I'm usually like just a couple days before something new drops. Like for example, the last uh, the DLC four, the newest DLC is going to be dropping this month. And I just now caught up with all of like the side quests and stuff that I had left to do. So, whoops. <laughs> I mean, it helps because you know when that drops, you'll be ready and you would have grinded to be to be oh, like, yeah. level whatever, and you know you would have already. Yeah, I'm at the level cap. <laughs> I'm ready, but 
um, you know, in in the interest of okay, play the first Borderlands or okay, play, uh, you know, the second Borderlands. I haven't even been able to start because uh, there's been so much three stuff to do, which is great. It's very good, and I'm I'm glad that there is so much stuff for to do in three. But people have been like, when are you going to play Borderlands one? <laughs> like, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's totally different. Like Borderlands one is a totally different game from from the from the from the from the sequels because Borderlands one was more straightforward and it was like it had like a lot of padding and and you know some really questionable segments and boss fights and yeah I can see why like it's the it's the one that most people don't go back to a lot because it's it it takes you know it takes its toll on you is what I'm gonna say because I remember because mm. I remember <laughs> like playing it like back you know ten years ago when it came out and. And and it was it was a fun game, but it's like man, you know, this could have been improved. This could have been improved. I mean, luckily, you know, Borderlands Two was the one that you know everyone remembers because it's you know it took it improved like all the problems the first one had, and it's more you know it 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 it, it got into the whole you know loot and gun thing, you know the looting thing, the the you know leveling up and all that mm-hmm. aspect. It got it got a lot better, is what I'm trying to say, as with sequels, you know. As as sequels are supposed to do anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think I played Borderlands two, I don't know, three or four times, and you know, it's a game that, it's one of those games, man, that you know, you just know, like you you know, you pick up, and you know what's gonna come from from start to finish, and you remember all the quests and where to go and whatnot, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and what what builds and and how to unlock stuff and what currency to get and how to get that currency and it's just man <laughs> it just goes to show I'll be you looking how... forward to playing it <laughs> it just goes to show you how how um how well like the human memory is sometimes where you can play something that you haven't played for x amount of years but still remember how to play it after all these years <laughs> Oh yeah, I just streamed, um, I only did one stream of it, and I want to get back into it, but we streamed the beginning of Dragon Warrior Monsters 2, which is one of my favorite games of all time, and, you know, I'm playing through the first world, and I got through the second world as well, um, and I'm just like, alright, I go here, I gotta get this, alright, I gotta get this guy, because I know that later there's gonna be a quest that's like this, and I gotta get this guy, this guy, this guy, and, uh, do you guys remember? Yeah, this guy, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go in here and fight this guy, and everyone's like, oh my god, she, she will not stop, and I'm like, no, I know how this goes. I remember this game, uh, and it does, it gets, it gets buried into, you know, somewhere in your sub- subconscious, you can remember every move you have to make. Well, yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to to RPGs in general, because RPGs you kind of have to remember like your path, where you're going, where to get the best stuff, and where to, you know, what level you have to be to be to 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 be ready for a boss fight and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of have to have to engulf that into your brain and memory at some point, because you know, especially <laughs> especially in the pre-internet days when we couldn't look up stuff online. We got stuck. Right. In, if we got stuck in the game back in the day, we hoped that someone we knew had the answers. Otherwise, we were just been, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm stumped. Oh yeah. 
Uh, man, let me tell you about Majora's Mask and how much that was a pain in the ass trying to, to navigate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? I had to do this the whole time? What? <laughs> Especially Majora's Mask when there's a time limit. There's there's a time limit and the fact that the main story is like, oh, you got to save this entire world and you got you only have like X amount of time to do it, so... And it's right. and it's basically Groundhog Day. You know the events repeat, 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 and you have to you have to find a way to break to break the loop, and it's kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's yeah. I mean that was that was the first game that I think that taught me that you kind of needed to to remember stuff. Like you had to like you know make maps, you know keep notes. Write down what you needed to do in, in that exact in that exact moment, and remember what what you needed to do, instead of just okay, it's Super Mario. I know Super Mario; it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> but no, um, and has that? I mean, has has you know? Does it feel weird like you know streaming this stuff and you know interacting with people who are you know familiar with your work? I wouldn't say weird. It's certainly cool. Like. I guess I guess I guess you could say it's weird insofar as, you know, right now um we're all trapped in our homes essentially. Uh and it used to be that I got to meet fans at events and, you know, conventions and stuff like that. And I was just starting to get used to that. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I used to go to conventions, I was a fan and I was going to meet people who were guesting there but now i'm the guest and um you know just getting used to that whole thing and then suddenly you know we're stuck inside and my only link out to people really is through streaming through virtual events um you know i've got a discord uh where people can come and chat with me but it is it is i guess i guess it is so weird insofar as you know now there is this one way that i can connect with people um, but it's but the actual act of streaming and getting to interact with people is more cool than anything just because, you know, you can meet people who otherwise wouldn't have been able to come to those sort of events. You know, they uh, don't live in the United States or they just can't afford it or it just so happened that, you know, I never went to a state that they live in um, and they get to, you know, interact with me and I get to interact with them. Um, for the first time and that's that's just you know I love it I love that there are these forms of I guess it's entertainment or content creation that are live um, and and so interactive Uh, it's something that you know I couldn't have wrapped my brain around when you know I was a kid and we were first getting on the internet and when I was first trying to interact with anime celebrities quote-unquote as it were um, I never would have guessed that, you know, something as accessible as watching them stream would ever become a thing. Uh, but now that it is a thing, you know, I definitely wouldn't want to trade it away because it is so easy to utilize a- as a way to reach out to the fans. And that's, that's the beauty of the internet is like, people don't realize like how easy it is mm. to get in touch with like people who you thought years ago would, would have been like hard to reach because because mm-hmm. now it's like everyone has like a twitter account or whatever and you can just like at them or whatever but back in the <laughs> yeah day... and it's 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 funny because people will will at me 
and they'll say something along the lines of, I know you won't read this, but, and then of course I respond (laughs) and they're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, you added me on Twitter. Of course I'm going to look at it and respond to you. But there is, I think, uh, you know, some sort of disconnect where you assume that certain people won't acknowledge you regardless of how you try and reach out to them. But I, I do try and like, if someone reaches out to me to answer, if I can, you know, if they're asking me something I'm allowed to, to respond to, um, I, I try and interact. And I, I also go into discord servers of, of titles that I've worked on and I lurk in there. Um, people usually don't notice that I'm even there because why would they think that I would be there? Um, but when they do notice me, we get to have a fun time and I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, because, you know, people still get starstruck. People are like, oh, man, they replied. I didn't think they would reply. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here, you know, definitely in my pajamas, probably (laughs) laying on my bed, even um, just scrolling through Twitter and being like, oh, this person said something to me. I type, type, type like it's, you know, (laughs) there's no grand anything going on on my end. It's it's just a person. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like people need to realize like they're just, you know, they're just like you and me. It's not it's not something that's glamorous or or crazy or you know, no one's out of our league, you know, it's fine. <laughs> well, like, you know, and and you encounter it in the industry too where, you know, I've I've had people be like, "Oh, you know, I would have really loved to have gotten that actor back, but you know, I I figure they wouldn't want to do it." And I'm like, "Well, they, you know, jazz them." Um, and people are usually like, no. And I'm like, well, ask them first, uh, because so many people are, are so willing to be a part of things and interact. And all you have to do is, you know, reach out and just be like, hey, you know, are you willing to do this? And and sometimes they'll say no. Sometimes they'll be like, I'm too busy or, you know, like I legally can't or it doesn't match up with my schedule. But a lot of the times people are like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, what do we got to do to make it work? And so it's just important to you know, try and, and make that connection because more often than not, I feel it, um, it works out. I mean, it depends on scheduling and, and everyone. Yeah. Working. I mean, sometimes people's <laughs> schedules are bad, but they'll, they'll usually at least, you know, write you back and be like, I can't rather than, you know, not answering at all. So it's, it's worth it to try. At least that's how I feel. Well, I mean, that's how I do it. Like, you know, you wonder how I get most people. Yeah. To do you reached out to me. <laughs> You just like throw throw <laughs> shit at the wall and hope something sticks. And it, sometimes it works, sometimes exactly. it doesn't. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but you know you got to keep trying because you know you're never know, you're never gonna mm-hmm. know if, unless you try. And you know sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. work out. Sometimes you know scheduling fucks everything up, and 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 we just end up in like you know nothing comes of it. But sometimes it works and. There you go. <laughs> you got content out there. <laughs> free content. <laughs> <laughs> you know, free content that someone apparently thought was worthy of a one star on 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 iTunes, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you. For Everyone's that. a critic. <laughs> now I'm I like when I saw that I'm like, man, someone gave enough of enough of a shit to to rate my show a one star. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, thanks, I man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it says something rather than just not having any ratings at all, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks, man. Th- thanks, man. I-, I really appreciate it. Like, I'm not I'm not even mad. I'm like, oh, man, someone actually gave enough of a shit to, to do that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm doing something right if that's the case. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, no, it's it's mostly just, like, working around someone's schedule and sometimes, like, actors can't come back for a certain role in an anime, for mm-hmm. example, and they had to be replaced in the last minute, and that's fine. That's the nature of the business. That's how it goes, and they need, you know, especially nowadays, they kind of need dubs to be out at a certain point. And you know, if you can't get mm-hmm. them, at that, and if you can't, if you can't get them at that point, then you know, yeah, it happens. Um, it's happened to me too, where you know, I've had something where I'm like, "Oh, can we get people back?" and it just wouldn't work. <laughs> but. Uh, I think the worst thing is when someone's like, they didn't even ask me. Like, they didn't ask me if I could come back. That's always really sad. I mean, I think that's more of a studio decision. Like, whenever I hear, like, oh, they didn't even ask me, I'm like, yeah, that's probably a studio decision. Like, more, more yeah, often than not. Yeah, it might have been. More often than uh, not. And sometimes, you know, the studio will be like, oh, we went in a different direction. Like, you know, and that's fine, too. But... The it's the missed connection that I that I hate when someone's like they didn't ask me and then the director's like I didn't think to ask and it's like oh no <laughs> you could have had something I didn't I didn't think to ask I'm like well that's kind of weird <laughs> considering that you know like especially when it comes yeah, to yeah it's that it's that feeling of out of reachness where sometimes you know if you don't know somebody personally um, they can feel out of reach um, like. it may not even occur to you to just like try emailing them just because you're like, they won't answer. They won't see it. Um, That's why I I do try and be super open online, I guess. um, So that people do feel like they can email me and approach me. Cause I don't like, I don't like misconnections. You know, I, I like to know that, you know, if, if I'm doing something or not doing something, it's because I either accepted it or turned it down of my own volition. I mean that's great. At least you're you know you're trying to get yourself out there instead of just oh just ignore ignore if it's not something important. <laughs> trying, trying. Because <laughs> I've had that happen to me before. Like I mean I you know you reach out to people and they just blatantly ignore you and I'm like okay cool, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but then you can say you tried. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I know it sounds weird, but I, I mean, I look at, you know, some of the rejections and I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm gonna put them up on, you know, in my mind and say, you know, that it hurt <laughs> during, you know, reading that. I'm not gonna lie, especially when it comes to someone like you look up to and then, you know, they say no and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it does suck, but. You know, I just use them as an example of, okay, what can I do differently when reaching out to someone? How can I sell myself better? And blah, blah, blah. Mm. (laughs) It's a learning experience. (laughs) Ah, as everything is. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the thing is like people, you know, get rejection letters and they think, oh, that's that's it. I'm like, no, I mean, it doesn't have to be. You can learn from them, Mm. you know, learn from them, you know, work your way up. Don't don't go after the big the you know something really big you know off the get-go build yourself up there's nothing wrong with like building a resume a strong enough resume that people can't ignore you and you know <laughs> and then and then and then you can you can say you know 
then you can, you know, get your name out there properly instead of just, I'm going to get so-and-so for the first ever episode. I'm like, okay, how are you going to contact them? Didn't think that through. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, you know how the internet has made it much easier to get in contact with people that you wouldn't think that you would get in contact with in a million years. But especially with the current situation, you know, these connections are all we have right now. Like, yeah. There's nothing. Like... It's absolutely true that, you know, I, I'm trying to do all these virtual events and, and, and podcasts like this just cause it's, it's great to make that human connection, you know, now more than ever. No, I mean, I said, I said, I think I said this in the previous episode, but you know, these things are the only thing that's keeping me sane right now. Cause yeah. Because it's like, I, I need human connection. I don't care. <laughs> like, I need to talk to someone about, like, some stupid shit that I'm into just to feel, like, just to feel something again. Because I can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't, like, just wake up and then it's like, oh, well, you know, I can't go out. You know, there's still new mm-hmm. cases and... Yep, another day of nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another day of just, like, waking up, playing, playing, like, whatever video game for a couple hours, then just, yeah nothing (laughs) (laughs) although i it's my birthday this month and i just got my birthday gifts in the mail and it's monster ranchers two through four and i'm very excited to play all of them for the rest of quarantine (laughs) oh man i remember monster rancher i remember playing i love monster rancher (laughs) i just i just beat the first one here in in my my forever apartment and (laughs) Uh, now that I've beaten the first one, I can move on to this brand spanking new copy of two that I've got here. And uh, I'm very excited to finally give it a shot because my first one, my first Monster Rancher game was four. Um, so I kind of picked it up in the middle of the franchise. Uh, so getting to go back and see these like PS1 Monster Rancher games is it's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, Monster Rancher, I think, was the last, one of the last titles I remember playing for the original PS1 before I moved on to, to the second, to PS2. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it was not like on the tail end of, of that console generation. I was like, oh, Monster Rancher, this looks cute. Okay. <laughs> the first game's hard. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this looks cute. I can, I can get behind this. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Yeah, I was only able to beat it, like, I followed a strategy guide that was like, hey, here's the things that you have to do. And it's like, you have to spend, like, ten years of the game saving up money um, before you will have enough money to get a monster through its entire lifespan long enough to go S-rank. And I'm like, oh my god, like, this is so involved. But I finally did it. I bred myself a half galley, half hair that beat the entire game and i was very pleased with myself i mean it's a hard game it's like it's one of those games where you know you you have to be in there for the long run like this is not a pick up and play type deal you have no to, certainly not you have to be there for the long run and you know it's controversial yes but you know there's an audience for it <laughs> so there you go <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm personally like I just I, you know whenever I I see games like that I'm like who has the time who has the time to do that <laughs> me clearly <laughs> like, monster raising games are my favorite like I have played 
at this point, almost every Monster Rancher. Um, I love games like Pokemon, Digimon, Jade Cocoon, uh, <laughs> you know, all of those kind of like, all right, you've got a monster, you can, you know, combine them, breed them, some kind of mechanic like that. I am all in on those kind of games and they're all super time consuming and that's all I play. <laughs> I mean, well, but at the end of the day, aren't they all just Tamagotchi simulators when you think about I it? I guess. Yeah, they've all got different bells and whistles, though, and that's what I'm there for. I'm there to see what their unique spin is on it. Um, you know, Dragon Warrior Monsters 2 is a is a kind of traditional art, like NES-style RPG, and you've got Jade Cocoon, which has this, like, they're 3D models and they can map the textures of one monster onto the the polygons of another monster, so you can get these wacky-looking combinations. And every Digimon game has had some kind of weird gimmick, like, depending on which one you pick up, and I love those so much. Pokemon's an old faithful. You know what you're getting into with a Pokemon game. But, like, all of them, yeah, I guess they're all just evolved Tamagotchis. <laughs> but that's what I'm into. No, I mean, I, th- I remember playing, like, one pu- pu- uh, Digimon game on the PS1. I think it was, like, a sequel, then it was a dungeon crawler. Oh, yeah, Digimon World 2. Yeah, Digimon World 2, and I'm like, yeah, this is... who? this is not very good. <laughs> oh, I love that one. That's one of my favorite. Actually, that is one of the only ones that I had beaten for a long time because I loved it so much. So I sat down, I played that whole game, and that one is also not as hard as most Digimon games, so you can actually, like, as a child, I was able to beat it, whereas the first one I could not beat, the third one I could not beat, and the fourth Digimon world is so hard that even as an adult, I can't get anywhere with it. I'm like, get this out of here. Digimon World 2 is great, though. I love that it's like a weird dungeon crawler with, you know, three-on-three battles. I think that that's fun. And it had... A decent variety of Digimon in it, um, considering it was a PS1 game, you'd think that it'd be pretty restricted, but there were a lot of different Digimon that you could get. Yeah, but, I mean, that's what kind of drew it to me. That's the, that was the kind of selling point for me. It's like, oh, I can just make a team of my faves from the show and, and have them battle each other and stuff like that. But then you find out, oh, your faves are the weakest in in, in the entire game. And well, like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's how all Digimon is. What do you mean, Puppetmon isn't a good isn't like on the top Puppetmon tier? Puppetmon is good. Puppetmon, I mean, he's a mega at least. <laughs> but like, you know, you get into okay, I'm gonna go play Digimon Cyber Sleuth or whatever. And you're, if you if you go into it being like, I'm going to get Agumon and Gabumon and Biomon, you know, they're going to destroy you. You got to figure out all the the good like combos and, and mega levels. <laughs> and the ones that you end up with are so often kind of random because it just depends on how you raise them. Yeah, and it's like, and you just get like the starter ones that you don't want, and like, when do I get to play Devilmon? I want to play Devilmon. <laughs> Devilmon's only a champion. That's not going to help you very much. <laughs> yeah, you got to go get some mega level Digimon. I know it's like, it's just disheartening that you know, as a kid, finding out that the that the characters you liked in in the anime, you know, aren't the same characters in in the in the game series. 
Well, now, you know, now they've got the new Digimon adventure out and they're clearly foreshadowing that all of the main characters from the first season are going to finally get their mega levels. So anyone who, you know, or any kid now, I guess, who would pick up a Digimon game would finally be able to be like, okay, I'm going to get Phoenixmon. And it's like, good. That's a good one. You can go get Phoenixmon because they see Beomon go beyond Garudamon. Um but us as kids, we were like, oh, yeah, like top tier Zudomon is like, well, he's only an ultimate. You got to <laughs> got to get a team of megas. And none of us really knew the megas all that well, because the only megas we were seeing were Wargreymon and Metal Garurumon. No, I mean, as a kid, I'm like, you know, the coolest Digimon was the black repaint of Wargreymon. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's black Wargreymon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the... He was a piece of work in the anime. It's voiced by Steve Bloom. So what can you need? It's... Awesome. Basically, Shadow the Hedgehog, though. He's like, what is my purpose? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, this guy. No, I mean, I you know, Digimon Adventure 2, like, is just... I remember watching that that incarnation as a kid from, you know, coming home from school and watching that and thinking, man, this is... This is weird. <laughs> I was into the second season. It, it didn't lose me until season four, you know the one where they turn into the Digimon, and then when as a kid I was like, I mm, I don't know about this one, uh, and I kind of stopped watching for a little while. But then when I got older, I was like, man, I love Digimon. I gotta go back and watch it. And I started with season one, and I watched all the way through to six, which was the newest one at the time. And I was like, this is great. I love all of this. I love Digimon, man. <laughs> no, I think um, you know my favorite piece of. You know, Digimon Media is, of course, our war game. That's probably like my favorite thing from the entire franchise. I'm like, man, anime... it almost feels like cheating to say our <laughs> war game is the best because <laughs> everyone knows it, and it's made by such a legendary director that it's like, yeah, of course, our war game is the best thing. Now, I think my favorite might still be uh, Digimon Data Squad, just because of the main character. No, I mean my my cutoff point was like Tamers, like that was it. Like that was okay. My so you haven't even seen <laughs> the seasons I'm talking about right now. No, I mean that that last last Digimon series I watched was Tamers, and that was it. I'm like, okay, this okay. is my this is my cutoff got, point. <laughs> I don't I've got care. Homework <laughs> for you. You have to go and watch Digimon Data Squad, and I'll tell you why. The main character Marcus Damon, he's a street fighter. Okay. He gets his partner by stumbling across him on the street, and they, they have a fist fight, him and this Agumon. That's how they become best bros. And while everyone else around him is like, we are like agents, and we, we do things by the book, and we send our Digimon in to fight, and then we capture the enemy Digimon, and we send them back to the digital world, Marcus is like, no, no, no. Here's how I'm going to do things. I'm going to climb this building and jump off and punch this giant Digimon right in the face. And then me and Agumon are going to fight him together. And he is so cool <laughs> that you have to watch the entire season just to see what this guy is going to do. Because he's insane. And that's the best thing ever. Sounds like a JoJo series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It was made for like... Because um, it came out around the time when kids who grew up with the first season would be, you know, like teenagers. 
Um, and it was supposed to appeal to teenagers. So it's a little darker. The characters are a little older and the main guy punches Digimon in the face. And as I was, you know, I was a teenager and I watched it. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm here for this. Uh, it, it made a big imprint on me, I guess, where Marcus Damon is one of my favorite um, pro tags from Digimon just because he he's great. <laughs> I mean, even season one was pretty dark. Season one was pretty yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, they're definitely all dark. Like, that's how Digimon be. Like, Digimon's like, what if this character is in a coma and, and is about to die? And you're like, oh, oh, gee, okay. Aren't they like 10? And Digimon's like, yes. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think I think season five... I don't know if I would say it's the darkest in tone even because they've, they've all got pretty dark tones, but like it had a lot more, um, I don't know how to put it, but just like you felt like the, the things that happened to the characters are a lot sadder and more unfair. <laughs> Whereas like in season one, it's like this little kid has to deal with real family trauma and you're like, oh, I relate to that. Because I am also having real family trauma, maybe, if I am a child watching this. Whereas season five is like, anyway, we're going to shoot this character through the chest. Because that's just how we roll. And you're like, but for why? I mean, I guess because they were skewering for an older audience. And then they're like, yeah, you know, we kind of need to. Yeah, we're just going to kill off characters. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, oh, no. Um, and then, you know, years later, you know, Try came out and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I mean, I saw that and I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, they're really trying to, to hammer in the nostalgia for, for the pe- for people my age. And I'm like, it's. Yeah, it's we've not... got Try, and now we've got now we've got the new Digimon Adventure reboot. Um, but I, I'm actually enjoying the reboot more than Try because Try was like we're continuing the story, but it didn't feel like the right tone. It was the tone was so different um, that I was like, oh man, this is not. It, it is the season one characters, but it's not the season one tone, and that's fine. You know, if they were like, we're going to change the tone, but like for me as a viewer, I was like, whoa, the tone is different. Uh, yeah. I need like a hard reset, and that that's what every Digimon season before that was for me. Is like new characters, completely new tone. I'm fine with that. Like I will come in and I will I will deal with your new tone, and then the reboot. It's its tone is pretty much the same as season one. So I'm like, okay, this is the same characters and the same tone. So I'm not, it's not weird for me. Whereas try like, again, if you, if, if someone can get over the difference in tone, I think that, you know, most people probably sat down and watched it and had a great time. But for me, I was just like, Whoa, I am jarred. This is different. And, and, you know, different doesn't have to be bad, but it, it was how I was processing it. I was just like, oh, these are the same characters, but the tone is completely different. Oh, uh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I kind of, it, it felt weird to me because it's like, you know, we're trying to to, 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 to go after the nostalgia market, but at the same time, we want a, a new show. So you, mm. so it's creating a, like a weird hybrid of the two. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know. I did like that it was in the Suritama art style because I like Suritama. I could appreciate that. I was like, oh, it's the Suritama art style. That's fun. What's going on? 
But because in seeing the Digimon characters in different art styles was also one of the things that was cool about our war game. Because God, our war game has such a good art style. The characters are just so expressive. And it's got this kind of lived-in color palette that you're just like, oh, I'm really comfortable here. Um, so seeing Digimon characters in different art styles is always like, whoa, all right, okay. And I do like Suritama. <laughs> it's a good anime. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, watching, like, our war game and then watching, like, you know, the first Digimon adventure. And you're like, oh, I wish that the entire series looked as good as our war game. <laughs> Yeah, if only they had the budget. If only any seasonal anime had the budget to have 52 or 55 episodes of movie-level quality animation. But certainly everyone would be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, oh man, you know, the Dragon Ball Z movies. Like, the animation in that is really, you know, much better compared to the series. <laughs> like, when you watch the, you know, the series, it's like, oh man, you can tell when they cut corners. <laughs> And it shows. I mean, anime has such a demanding work pipeline, right? They are constantly fighting the clock to get these things out. Honestly, it 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 shocks me whenever something you know doesn't get delayed or like comes out on time. I'm like, good for you, because I feel like I would crack under that amount of pressure of like getting a fully animated episode out you know, week by week or however they're doing it. I'm like, that's insane to me. Even even dubbing things on a weekly schedule is like, oh boy, we are, we're in it right now, boys. Like, we got to get this done. Um, it can freak you out. But it is very um, rewarding when when you reach the end of, of such a grueling production cycle. So I can only imagine what it's like for the people making anime, you know, to... You run, 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 and, you know, do whatever you can to get the episodes done, and then, whew, you know, we're done. Yeah, I mean, especially when the whole, you know, they announced, you know, back in 2014, they're like, oh, man, we're going to do simul dubs, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you insane? That's never going to work. I mean, <laughs> it's awesome for us as actors, because it means you can record on Monday, and then you know, next Tuesday, you're already talking about the show. But, you know, when you're in the director's seat, it's 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 an insane level of work. Um, and it's it's one of those things where I, I, I just don't like it. it it's nightmares because it's like, you know, as you know, someone who grew up with, you know, most and most English dubs were just, oh, those are the things that get, got released with the DVD and Blu-ray, but that's not the case anymore. Now it's like mm-hmm. people want the dubs now, so we got to, um, you know, do simul dubs. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's, it's kind of a Pandora's box situation where once you start doing dubs as fast as, you know, humanely possible, you can't close that box up anymore because even when the pandemic started you saw a lot of people being like where are the dubs and it's like well nothing's getting done right now because there's a pandemic and uh but but the pandora's box was opened you know people were like but we already know the speed at which you know dubs can be done so you know why don't you just figure out a way to do it and everyone was like uh uh um hmm, think, think, think. Uh, and finally, it did It did end up that, you know, the pipeline got adapted to working from home, but it took, took a hot minute because uh, everyone was so thrown off their game 
by this pandemic that they just, you know, they were like, we, you know, never in a million years when they were planning simuldubs, did anyone think, okay, but what, like, what if there's a global pandemic though? <laughs> you know, of all the things that could go wrong, it, it hadn't crossed anyone's mind. And why would it, you know, why would it? No, I mean, I remember like reading like way back in February that, oh man, you know, Crunchyroll has ceased production on their dubs. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. And there's still a couple that, that haven't come out yet um, that I hope, you know, I hope everyone working on it is, is, is good and that, you know, things can get back to normal. But ultimately, you know, people's health has to come first, even if it means uh, some of the shows I really wanted to work on that season <laughs> have all been shelved indefinitely. And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> I wonder what happened to that show, but you got to keep moving forward. I mean, even even the industry like as a whole has been hit hard by it because it's like, you know, the release schedule changed, you know, mm -hmm. some episodes got delayed and it's just, man, you can't. Well, and also like all the, all the conventions are, are canceled and that's where people used to premiere stuff and announce stuff and now there's none of that so it's like oh we have to we have to set up virtual events in order to announce stuff and how do we do that oh gosh we got to figure that out so there's so many layers you know that you maybe don't consider when you're like you know you're like oh production is different okay well we'll 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 fix how we're doing production and we'll do production differently and then you're like oh wait a second also the way that I would announce this is different and the way that I would sell this, I can't sell this at conventions. Okay. That's different too. Well then, Oh, so what am I going to do? I'm going to have to do digital advertisement. Well, I don't really do digital advertisement. There's so many extra steps that you don't think of, um, you know, kind of on top of just production, you know, production. That's just the first step. Um, but it, it was, you know, the most major thing that everyone wanted to figure out was, well, how do we do production? in a pandemic and everyone figured it out and they were like, cool, we figured out production. And then it's like, great. But you know, there's all this other stuff and you're like, Oh no, you know, you never consider that there'd be all this other stuff. It's just a mess. Um, but everyone is, you know, doing their best and, and trying to pull their weight of like, well, you know, if I, if, if we do things this way, right, I'll come up with this idea. Okay. Well, if you came up with that idea, I'm going to do this and hopefully that, you know, solves that problem. But solving that problem brings up another problem. So it's this ongoing thing. And every studio is coming up with their own ideas and kind of interacting with each other and being like, have you tried this? Yeah. Um, we don't really like how that works. But we did this. And, like, this is going pretty well for us. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, the fidelity of that is this, this, and that. And it's all this these conversations. And I'm glad that we have other studios to sort of support us um but i'm sure everyone would like it if things went back to normal yeah man especially like with people who have to you know <laughs> have to get the stuff out at a at a certain point in time <laughs> you know that'd mm -hmm. be great <laughs> no man it just it just sucks it just it just sucks how hard the entertainment industry has been hit by this and we don't even know if some of the shows, like how long, like some of the newer shows are going to take to come out. Because, you yeah. know, the animation team is probably like have to work from home now. And it's like, that's insane. Like that sounds yeah, it's crazy. like just totally insane that, oh man, all our, all our animators, yeah, they're, they're working at home now. Like they have to get this out by 
on a weekly schedule. And mm-hmm. sometimes you find out, oh, yeah, by the way, all those new episodes you've been watching, yeah, those were done in a week. We had to crunch our way to, to, to get those out done in a week. And I'm like, man, that it's, sucks. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, but, you know, the hope is, you know, we're suffering through it now, but the hope is that the workflows and structures that are set up during the pandemic will create a, you know, stronger overall workflow once things go back to normal where you're like, okay, you know, now I can have people come into the studio again. But also if I wanted to have people record from home, I have that structure now. Um, That's the best case scenario, right? So that's what everyone's hoping for is things go back to normal soon, but also we have all these, you know, structures just in case. But, you know, worst case scenario is that we're all stuck at home for however much longer. <laughs> Seems like a goddamn eternity at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's already been like half a year. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's it's September, by the way, so... <laughs> yeah, it sure is September. I, you know, I should know. And I'm just like, oh my god, it's fall. Like, I spent my entire summer in my apartment. Um, but, you know, the only thing that would be worse would actually be catching the thing and, and going through that. So I'll stay inside as long as I have to. It's it's just insanity. Yeah, I know. I mean, especially like you look at all the stuff, the other stuff that's going on and you're like, man, this is... Like, how do people do it? Like, how do people, like, get up and find the energy to not lose their minds? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone has to find their own thing. Keep themselves sane. Like, keep themselves sane. Keep themselves from, like, having meltdowns. Because it's just, like, you know, you open up, like, your social media feed and you see, like, oh, this horrible thing happened. And it's like, man, you know, morale is just... Yeah, they call that doom scrolling. They yeah. say that you you have to you have to unplug, you have to turn off social media so that you stop doom scrolling. So I'm just like, oh man, yeah, I guess I am doom scrolling. I better stop. Yeah, I mean, it's especially jarring, you know, to me where, you know, I'm like, ah, I'll open up, you know, got to promote my thing on Twitter, and then you open up and you look at, you know, I look at my time. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other stuff is happening right now. Does it mm-hmm. feel appropriate to announce that I have something in plan for for this week? Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, like, you know, we have to find those simple pleasures, right? And for me, like, stuff like announcing characters, it can feel so like, hey, read the room, lady. Like, yeah, you're announcing an anime character. Good for you. But, like, things are bad right now. But it's, like, it's one of, like, the only things that can, you know, bring me joy and, again, let me connect with the fans and, and the other people in my industry where I'm, like, you know, let's, you know, here's a thing. And people are, like, oh, a thing. Isn't that nice? And if only for, like, a minute if people are, like, that's nice, you know, then then good as far as I'm concerned. You know, we can all be happy for a hot second and, you know, enjoy, oh, the dub, this dub is finally coming out. Yay, everybody. Everybody who's in it can talk about it for a day. And we can all just think about that for a little while. You know, 
I can't I can't begrudge that. Certainly not, because that's where I'm finding my simple joys as well. No, man, I, 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 you know, you know, for me personally, I'm like, hey, man, like I we kind of need entertainment now more than ever. I don't care if that sounds like stupid or whatever. Oh, man, you know, what about the real world and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, man, we need escapism now more than ever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just need like dumb, dumb stuff to keep us entertained for for how however longer this takes because everything else is just depressing right now and and the fact that I that I can find the time to not only you know come on here and and do this and and not you know get you know frustrated at everything that's going on shows you that you can too <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that hard it's grueling but it's not that hard you know you just got to mm-hmm. find a way to make it work <laughs> Sure. That's all any of us that can do right now. Just like find mm-hmm. stuff that keeps us entertained or or you know, find something to do that keeps our sanity in check and that you know, stop doom doom scrolling, you know, and it's okay yes. to <laughs> and, and it's okay to, to take time off from social media. Like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like there was a point in August where I'm like, Okay, I'm gonna take, you know, a couple days off Twitter and that helped. So it's fine, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to announce it, by the way. You can just like stop updating <laughs> your your page. It's not, you know, you don't have to make this announcement of oh, I'm going dark. <laughs> no, you, you don't. You don't. Just <laughs> you can walk away. You can walk away. It's fine. <laughs> still be there. The, the you know people are still gonna be you know you you know you're gonna log back on. You're gonna still see the notifications. And, you know, if you missed out on an important notification, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Crazy times. We're <laughs> crazy times. Crazy yeah. times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doom scrolling. I like that. Doom scrolling. <laughs> it's it's a very accurate descriptor. <laughs> Dude, like, all, all, all I can think about is just like... Doom Slayer scrolling through the the internet just looking for <laughs> demons to slay. <laughs> Doom scrolling. <laughs> that's a fun phrase. It's a fun phrase. Phrase. I don't know why that's that sounds so fun, but it's not. I mean, it's... it sounds fun, but no, it's it's bad. You're not supposed to do it. <laughs> Don't don't do it. Don't 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 smoke. Don't do this. I'm like no, but it sounds fun. <laughs> um, anything like your, you know, like what else have you been doing to try to keep yourself sane during this whole thing? Uh, well, you know, voice acting. Uh, I I've just been trying to keep busy. Been trying to keep working. Um, working on stuff behind the scenes, directing. Um, I'm still directing death battle as I have for the past five years, but doing it from home, um, which is not new death battle got primarily done from home even before the, the, the quarantine, um, recording voiceover from home characters from my closet, 
Um, it can it can feel a little weird to to spend so much more time in my home studio, uh, which is like I said, a closet, than I did before. Uh, but you know, if you keep working, I feel like I'm being productive. I feel like I'm getting things done. I mean, it... that's all I can ask for. <laughs> At least you got something done. At least you you know you have something to to do and keep yourself sane and you know get mm-hmm. something out there. And yeah, it's difficult working at home, but I think pretty much everyone's used to it at this point. Like it's just like yeah, we, yeah. We got to record this ongoing series from home now. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's weird. Yeah, like, yeah, it's weird. Like now. Now, like Western animation, people don't don't even record together anymore, and that makes me sad. <laughs> but that's—I mm-hmm. mean, like Borderlands. You know, I had gotten to go to Gearbox's really nice studio for a long time, and it was it it sucked. You know, like my last couple sessions, I've had to do from my closet, and I'm like, yeah, I can record from my closet. I have the capability to, but. I'd really rather be in your nice studio. And they're like, we know. Yeah, but we need this done for for now, and we don't want you know we don't want to risk your safety for it. So yeah, I mean, fair enough. But it is it is sad when you know there's all these nice going to the studio is like half the fun of being a voice actor. You get to go and see these really cool facilities that that have been built, you know, purpose built for this kind of recording and it's, it's always snazzy and cool to see. So seeing the inside of my closet again is, you know, sometimes can be like, uh, here I am. And you just wish that this dang thing would go away so that you could go back to the cool studio. Cause there, there is something magical about it. Yeah. Because you're seeing people face to face and, you know, you got, you know, equipment and you got to make sure that, you know, you have you already have your sound engineers there, so you know you don't have to worry about you know audio levels and whatnot. Sure, sure, there's a convenience thing to it as well. But I'm just talking about I don't know the aesthetic of it all of going to the studio. Something that you that you lose when you're when you do it from home. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to to go to studios and see like all the decoration and all the Borderland stuff that they have there, <laughs> and you're just like, uh. <laughs> I miss it. I hope I hope one of these days we'll get to go back. God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just I just want to return to like some form of normalcy. I can understand because at this point it's like. Yeah, I know. That, I mean, I, I've heard people saying, oh, well, this is just like the new normal. This is like something we got to get used to now. And I'm like, are we? Are we used to this? Because it's been like six or seven months now, and I and I still don't feel used to it. I still feel like, I don't know, still feel like everything's shitty. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be used to it, right? I want to go back to the way things were before I get used to it. But I guess we'll see. So, um, can you give us an update on anything you're currently working on? Um, well, uh, anyone who has been keeping up with simuldubs that I'm in, Azure Lane just finished. Um, I played two characters in that, Z1 and Atago. Uh, so that, that dub is finally complete after being delayed. Um, No Guns Life Season 2 is out, where I play Olivier. Um, 
And then I just announced that I voiced three characters in Super H Eros, I think is how it's supposed to be said aloud. It looks like Heroes, but it's H Eros because it's sexy. Um, I've got three characters in that, and that that just dropped the other day. Uh, As far as secret things, um, nothing I can really talk about, although... um, It is no secret to anyone who's been following my social media that the Island of Giant Insects uh, just succeeded in its Kickstarter goal, which means everybody knows now that we will be working on the dub. Uh, So I'm about to jump into production of that, and I'm I'm very, 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 very excited for that because, you know, it it wasn't going to happen if the Kickstarter didn't succeed. But people uh, not only made it succeed, but we got past our first stretch goal. We got um, premium premium packaging and i'm I'm very very excited to uh direct that dub all right awesome and where can people find you on social media i am at marissa lenti on pretty much every platform uh facebook twitter um instagram i made a tiktok and posted one thing on it and you could follow me on there uh i've got um youtube where again look up my full name it'll probably pop up and, uh, yeah. And then, um, things coming up. I've got an event with Color World coming up at the end of the month. Um, we're doing a virtual panel for Kimono Friends, which is a show that is very near and dear to my heart. I, uh, cast, directed, wrote, and, uh, was one of the characters in that. So, uh, yeah, you stop on by at the end of the month. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, awesome. Thanks for taking the time off to do this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.